brought to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jay the Sports Dude. And if you are listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode 11 of our season-long journey. So if you're a returning listener, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, well, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? We have a great episode in store this evening. So sit back and relax because I... I got you. I'm coming to you from a place that I like to call the saloon. So, Barkeep, what do we have on tap for today? On tap today is a recap of this week's games, an interview with Sean Williams, and a preview of the Utah Valley game. Alrighty, thank you, Barkeep. I have my lasso in hand, and it's time for our post-game roundup, the segment where I round up my thoughts on the most recent New Mexico State games. And in this case, the Aggies had a pair of contests at home this past week. They earned a 93-54 win over Chicago State on Thursday and a 74-71 win over UMKC on Saturday. So here are my takeaways. My first one comes from the win over Chicago State, and it's that there's a reason why Sean Buchanan is getting minutes with this team. Now, the senior point guard did see his PT take a bit of a dip for the two and a half games that AJ Harris was back. However, he made the most of all 17 minutes he was on the court against the Cougars. Buchanan finished with nine assists and had a plus minus of 19, guys. Now, this dude was dropping dimes left and right, and that's why he's going to continue to be in that 20-minute range for the Aggies moving forward. Now, Evan Gilliard II is is most likely going to remain the starter at the one spot because of the scoring punch that he provides in the backcourt and the fact that they already have Jabari Rice, who is a great defending guard in that starting five. So you don't necessarily need Buchanan's defensive presence in that first unit. However, there's no denying the value he has on this team, and it's good to see him making the most of his time out there on the court. Now let's get into roundup number two. So my second takeaway comes from the win against UMKC and it's that the injuries to Harris and Henry aren't the reason why this was a close game. Now the biggest reasons to me was just a lack of focus by the Aggies guys. Their season low in offensive rebounds was eight entering this game and they only recorded three, yes, three offensive rebounds in this game against the Ruse team that is worth mentioning, guys. They didn't even have six foot ten senior Javon White, who is a rebounding machine. He was injured for this game, and yet they still only came up with three offensive boards. Now, there's zero excuse for that, and it didn't end there. New Mexico State also recorded 18 turnovers, 12 of which came in that second half. Now, seven different Aggies players had at least two turnovers, which tells me that the whole group didn't come out with that mental sharpness that is necessary when you're playing a good UMKC team or any team for that matter. Those two stats say a lot, but fortunately, they can go to film and practice this week and try to learn from a win rather than learn from a loss. And one of the reasons why they won that game is because of a bad man that is the focal point of my roundup number three. So my third and final takeaway also comes from the UMKC game, and it's that this is the Terrell Brown that New Mexico State needs. Now, we all know the story by now. It's not new. Brown has been dealing with a strain groin all season, and that's really not a cop-out. This is an injury that can get re-aggravated and linger with you, so it definitely is still affecting his play. However, Brown easily had his best performance of the season on Saturday as he erupted for 18 points on 7-4-11 shooting, 
three for seven from deep, by the way, in 27 minutes off the bench. Now, he hit one big shot after another in that second half, and this is becoming a trend now. So, Brown interconference conference play averaging 4.3 points per game while shooting 16.9% from behind the arc. However, in conference play, the senior is averaging 12.3 points per game on 44% shooting from behind the arc. Now, this takeaway isn't me saying that Brown needs to get into the starting lineup because that doesn't really matter. I've kind of said that repeatedly and Jans has said that repeatedly. It's about who finishes the game, which Brown did. The takeaway for me is just that the Aggies really have been playing without three contributors from last season, Harris, Henry, and Brown, because last year's version did not return at the start of this year due to that groin injury. But that's beginning to change, and it's coming at a key time for an Aggies team that's now down a few players. So that buzzer means we are out of time for segment number one. Now it is time for our second segment of the day, which is an interview with a guy that honestly, I don't know why I haven't had him on the show yet. He's one of the best shooters on the team, and he's likely going to see a boost in minutes with these recent injuries. That guy is Sean Williams, the junior guard who transferred from Eastern Carolina in the summer, and has had some pretty stellar games for New Mexico State so far. His 17-point outing against Southern is one example, but he also dropped 11 points against Chicago State this past Thursday. That's enough of me talking, though. Here is my interview with Sean Williams. Barkeep, change the channel real quick. You got it, boss. So just starting off, um, and you came in in the summer, and I think we had talked a little bit earlier in the season about your adjustment process and stuff like that with mm-hmm. the team. At this point, does it just feel like you're in a in a rhythm with the team chemistry and all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get my rhythm. Um, just been getting in the gym a little extra, make sure I'm knocking down shots, just trying to be ready for the opportunity whenever coach gives it, just trying to make sure I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, it seems like every time you get on there, it's just instant offense. Like, like, can you talk about just what the regular weekly process is and working on your game, your shooting, stuff like that? Uh, well, besides the team schedule, weights and practice, I just like to get in there with Anwar, just Coach Anwar, just work on my shot, just get try to get my moves back going, get some confidence going. Yeah. No, kind of mentioned <clears throat> while we weren't recording, but Terrell Brown has been playing really well lately. Um, just that, especially that duo of you guys off the bench, just a scoring duo. Like, can you talk about how dangerous that you two could be off the bench? It can be real dangerous, super dangerous. I mean, um, when I uh, took my visit, my visit here, um, we was watching film on like the team last year. I was just seeing how how he played, how how they was running and gunning, and ever since then, I was just thinking like. We'll be a, a crazy backcourt. Like, so I'm just waiting for it to play out. It's, it's going to eventually, the success is going to happen. Yeah, seems like it's on its way to, to happening also. And uh, mm-hmm. you guys recently came off a pair of wins this past week, uh, went against UMKC, went against Chicago State. Just what are some things that you guys can take away from those games? Uh, just we can't get comfortable. Um, we played a good team last night or the other night, but – I just feel like we got comfortable. We gotta, we gotta just like Coach said. We gotta, we at the top of the mountain and people trying to get up there. We gotta just keep fighting and keep knocking them down. So, yeah. Can you talk about the just the difficulties that come with playing a road stretch? Like, as you guys have three upcoming road games, just mm-hmm. how difficult is it to kind of keep focused when you're out there in the hostile environment every single game? It seems like now. Uh, it can it can get difficult, but with a coach like Jans, you know, and and players like us, we kind of older. We're not not that much of a young team, so I feel like we'll handle it pretty good. Not yeah. that much pressure. How much does that experience kind of help with? It hasn't been the best start to the season. I think you guys were like it was about six and six at one point. Mm-hmm. Was there just no panic on the team? Because it seems like obviously you said you guys have a lot of leadership and experience. Yeah, it was it was definitely panic, <laughs> but I mean we we knew it was going to eventually play out. We were going we were going to figure ourselves out, but. 
Yeah, at first it was it was it was rough at first. Uh, coaches put a real emphasis on taking care of the basketball. You guys mm-hmm. had 18 turnovers in the, in the last game. Is that just something that is more just a matter of focus, you guys think, or just how can you improve that and take better care of it? I honestly have no clue. Like, coach emphasizes it every day. We've, we've been getting better at a couple games. We just, I don't know, we can't get comfortable. It seems like we got comfortable and we started turning it over. So we just got to sharpen it up. Yeah. And we just heard today that Jabari got player of the week. Mm-hmm. Can you guys talk about the how many options you guys have in the backcourt? Because Jabari can score, you and Terrell can score. Sean is a great defensive player. Like, mm-hmm. just what, can you talk about this this backcourt? It's, it's scary. It's just put all the pieces together. It's, it's gonna be a scary sight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I liked it in all of these yeah, interviews. My bad, my bad. Congrats to my boy Jabari too. Awesome, you gotta give it. <laughs> and uh, I liked it in all these interviews by giving nickname ideas to the players that I'm interviewing. So if you have some time, I'd like to uh, bounce a couple off your head, see what you think about them. Gotcha. Okay, so I know you're from Little Rock, Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. So I know that one of the areas over there, a place around there is Pinnacle Mountain. <laughs> Pinnacle right? Mountain, yeah. So how do you feel about Sean Pinnacle Williams? Because also I think you're about as good of a shooter as it gets, so the Pinnacle is shooting. <laughs> it's smooth. I like that. You like yeah, that it's, one? It's cool. Okay. <laughs> now I know you're rocking number 5-5, uh, five, five, right? Mm-hmm. So double five reminds you of double barrel. So how about shotgun Sean? How are you feeling about that oh, one? Oh, that one's tough right Kinda there. Kind of cold? Shotgun Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and I got one more for you. Now, Sean Willpower Williams. How do you feel about that Sean one? Sean Willpower. Wins. Okay, I like our third. Um, three like for our, three? Yeah, three for three. I appreciate that. Which one's your favorite? Just wondering. I like the shotgun shot. The shotgun shot? Yeah, awesome, tough. man. Well, that's all that I have for you. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you so much, man. Best it, of luck man. on the road. Yeah, appreciate it. Alrighty, guys. So that was Sean Williams talking about how he has embraced one of those off-the-bench shooter roles for the team, what the group can improve on as they get ready for this road stretch, and more. And guys, Three for three on nicknames. Your boy is back after that slight setback with Evan Gilliard the second last week again. Apologies, Evan. But anyways, Sean is saying that he's feeling shotgun Sean Williams. And personally, that's my favorite as well. But let me know which one you guys are feeling. Either way, that is going to do it for segment number two. Alrighty guys, so now it is time for segment number three, which is a preview of New Mexico State's upcoming game. I mentioned with Sean that they're beginning a three-game road stretch, and that kicks off this Thursday with a game against Utah Valley at 7 p.m. The Wolverines finished second in the WAC regular season standings last year. However, they're off to a 7-11 start this time around, 1-2 in conference play, after seeing 79.6% of last season scoring either transfer away or graduate this past summer. But don't get it twisted, they still have some firepower so here are a few players that you need to know about the first one is isaiah white a six foot seven junior averaging 14.8 points per game and 8.5 rebounds per game both of which are team highs white is not much of a threat from deep he's actually only shooting 17.9 percent in that department but he can get to the line with the best of them and finish at the rim as well you want to talk about explosiveness this is that dude he's so strong and he will bully you if you let him or even if you don't want to let him i guess that's what bullying is but look, look for Ivan Adekorachea to get the assignment and try to contain him both on the scoreboard and on the glass. It's going to be a tall task for him, but White is certainly the biggest threat on this Utah Valley squad. So that is our duel of the day. 
Now, another guy to watch out for on this Wolverine squad is TJ Washington, a six foot senior, averaging 12.9 points and a team high 3.3 assists per game. He is prone to turning the ball over. He has an assist to turnover ratio of 0.8, but he's still arguably the team's best facilitator, and that alone makes him worth keeping an eye on. This is actually a great matchup for Jabari Rice, though, who usually is tasked with guarding guys in that six foot four to six foot five range. But Utah Valley's two starters, the usual starters in the backcourt, are five foot eleven and six foot. But not a lot of height to them, so we'll see if Jabari can cause some problems. And finally, my favorite player, arguably, on this team, the one that intrigues me the most, is Emmanuel Alujapoki. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. This is a six foot eight senior who has 49 blocks to his name, which is only one shy of the rest of the team combined, guys. Let that sink in for a second. I'm not kidding. And get this, he's doing this while averaging only 18.2 minutes per contest. Now, talk about efficiency. He has a block percentage of 12.4, which ranks 18th in the country according to Ken Palm but look for players such as Johnny McCants and CJ Bobbitt to force him out to that three-point line which is something that certainly is out of his comfort range now it is time for my key to success for New Mexico State and that quite simply is to get back to being dominant on the offensive glass now the Aggies are 32nd in the country in offensive rebound percentage while the Wolverines are 267th according to Ken Palm but that's been a struggle for New Mexico State lately as I mentioned in the first segment the team set a season low for offensive rebounds in the game against Chicago State, which was eight boards, and then it set another season low in the game against UMKC, which was three. So those three boards actually also mark a low for the team during the entire three-year Chris Jans era as well, which I forgot to mention. And the previous low was six, so they cut that in half, guys. Now look for the Aggies to get back on track in what really is the perfect storm to do just that. But now it is time for my prediction. So can I get a drum roll, please? So for this one, guys, I'm going to go with New Mexico State by a score of 74 to 63. That is right. Now, this is the first home conference game for Utah Valley this season, and I do expect them to come out with some intensity and be real fired up. However, this really is an ideal matchup for New Mexico State to start to dominate on the offensive glass as well and hopefully take better care of the basketball too. That is what I think will happen, but that is going to do it. For episode 11 of Straight Shooter, if you listened throughout the whole thing, then thank you so much for tuning in. And also thank you so much to everybody who reached out to me this past weekend because we had a pretty bad mistake in the paper. I'll go ahead and just explain it real quick for those who don't know what I'm talking about. I posted a game recap of the UMKC win online with the headline reading Brown Shines for NMSU in 74-71 to win over UMKC. And I sent that to print for our Sunday paper. Now we do outsource our printing and someone over there decided to change the headline to Brown shines for miners and win over kangaroos, which obviously is no bueno in these parts. Now, I woke up on my off day on Sunday to a lot of angry emails and tweets and was very confused. I didn't know what was going on, quite honestly. But once I found out what happened and explained it to everyone, then everybody showed nothing but support. Pedro Pistolero, Art Bernal, Austin Gentry, those are just a few people to reach out to me. But thank you to everybody who did. You guys are the best. And that's why I'm always pushing to get out as much content as I can for y'all. But like I said, that is going to do it for episode 11 of Straight Shooter. I'll see you guys next Monday. I'm out.